Welcome into the Rebound Rundown. Today is Monday, March 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Paul Fritchner, and this is produced by Chatterbox Sports. This is your Daily Digest College Basketball Show, where you can get your info on Cincinnati area college hoops every Monday through Friday in short episodes. Well, everybody, it has been quite a while in college basketball terms since we have last talked on Friday morning's episode. So much has happened over the weekend. The conference tournaments wrapped up. The selection committee unveiled the field of 68. We have brackets in our hands. And here to talk about it with me for this entire episode is Nick Kirby. Kirby is from Chatterbox Sports now. He's part of our Chatterbox Sports umbrella. So we have some synergy here. Kirby is the host of Chatterbox Reds alongside Trace Fowler. Similar to this Rebound Rundown show, Kirby, you are hosting a daily Chatterbox Reds show that is going on and on about the Cincinnati Reds and their season, spring training, everything else. You can go subscribe to that in podcast form. They also have some live content on YouTube. But similar to me, Kirby loves college basketball. So not only does he love college basketball, but he very closely follows the Atlantic Sun conference kirby welcome to the rebound rundown why do you know about the atlantic sun conference and tell me why here you're going to be able to break down xavier's first round matchup against kennesaw state well hey paul thanks for having me uh love the show love this time of year the best time of the year uh march madness spring training the, the two worlds just collide so beautifully all right so bear with me here so i grew up in cincinnati uh, Xavier fan, just, you know, living in the area. I, I chose Xavier and I went to Liberty though. And Liberty, if you don't know, is in the same conference as Kennesaw state. So I, uh, as a big college basketball guy, I grew an affinity towards Liberty basketball as well. So I watched way too much Atlantic sun basketball. So when I saw Kennesaw state pop up on the number 14 line on Sunday night, I about fell out of my chair. I was like, there's just no way that happened, especially since I assumed Xavier was going to be a four seed, and I thought Kennesaw State was going to be a 15 seed. So to see this in the 314 game was a real big surprise to me. So some things to clean up here before we get more into that matchup. Let's go through the weekend. Xavier lost in the Big East title game 65-51 to to Marquette, who won their first Big East tournament title in their conference championship, I should say, as, as well as the regular season championship as well. This was a game that Marquette dominated pretty much from start to finish. Xavier never led. Marquette got out to a 2-0 lead. Xavier tied it at 2, but from there it was 12-2 Marquette. Golden Eagles ran away with it. Xavier just looked tired three games in three days, especially coming off that blowout win over Creighton on Friday night. Just looked like the three games in three days wore the Musketeers down. And now they're going to have some extra time heading into the NCAA tournament because Xavier's first game isn't until Friday. But I'm going to get all the more into that here in just a second. Kentucky is the sixth seed in the East region and will play on Friday night at 710 on CBS against 11th seeded Providence, just like Xavier, Kentucky will play this weekend in Greensboro, North Carolina. The Wildcats are coming off that Friday quarterfinal loss to Vanderbilt. Northern Kentucky was given a 16 seed and will play number one seed Houston in the Midwest region on Thursday at 920 on TNT in Birmingham, Alabama. The Crimson Tide beat Texas A&M by 19 in the SEC tournament title game on Sunday. Some other news and notes to clean up from the weekend. Cincinnati lost 69-48 to Houston in the AAC semis on Saturday afternoon. However, 
Their season is not over. They did get a four seed in the NIT and will play Virginia Tech Wednesday night at 9 at Fifth Third Arena on ESPN2. Dayton's season came to an end on Sunday afternoon with a 12-point loss to VCU in the Atlantic 10 title game. The Flyers had an 11-point lead with about 19 minutes to play in the game, but they only scored 15 points the rest of the way. They released a statement saying that they would not participate in the postseason, although I'm not sure they would have made the NIT anyway, but Dayton's season is over. So as far as the rebound rundown, there are three teams competing in the NCAA tournament, Xavier, Kentucky, and NKU, and then Cincinnati will play in the NIT, trying to keep the NIT trophy here in the Queen City after Xavier won the NIT in 2022. But we'll go back to the top, the Xavier Musketeers, and the reason I brought you on this show today, Nick Kirby. They are awarded the three seed in the Midwest region. A shocker there that Xavier got the three seed. Maybe not in retrospect as big of a shock as as it should be, but just looking at bracket matrix, they were the uh, in the in the final bracket matrix update. Xavier was the second four seed, and you thought there was still some room that they had needed to to get up there, even to the top four seed, to now ending up being the twelfth overall seed on the S curve as you go through it. Xavier will play Kennesaw State in Greensboro, North Carolina, at the Greensboro Coliseum. That'll be at twelve forty on Friday afternoon. On True TV, Ian Eagle and Jim Spinarco will have the call of that game. But Xavier is back in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018. Kennesaw State in the first round, and then in the second round, should Xavier win on Friday, they would play on Sunday against the winner of the sixth seed, who is Iowa State. And Iowa State is playing the winner of a play-in game, which features Mississippi State and Pitt. You would probably think Iowa State wins that game. The Big 12 Iowa State Cyclones probably winning that first game. Although I wouldn't put it past one of those two teams, Mississippi State or Pitt, to get hot and win that game. But I just think a Big 12 team in Iowa State, you're probably going to see them advance out of the first round. Iowa State, though, has struggled. They have not beaten a team not named Baylor. Uh, in about the last month or so, I believe it was February 15th, the last time that they beat a team that was not named Baylor. They have two wins over the Baylor Bears in that stretch. But Iowa State has struggled down here as they've closed the season. They got that win over TCU on February 15th, but then they lost four in a row, beat Baylor in the regular season finale, and beat Baylor again in their next game in the opener of the Big 12 Conference Tournament. Iowa State lost to Kansas uh, in their next game, 71-58. to 58. Circling all the way back here to you, Kirby, before they could even think about playing Iowa State or whoever, Mississippi State, Pitt, whoever it might be, Xavier has to beat Kennesaw State. Who are the Kennesaw State Owls? All right, so Kennesaw State, this was actually the first year Kennesaw State ever even appeared in a conference championship game. Uh, back in 20, 2019-2020, was the first year under their head coach, Amir Abdul-Rahim. They were 1-28, in 0-16 in the A-Sun, and 352nd in Ken Palm. Over the last couple years, you could definitely see some significant growth in that team. Last year, they were like that team that was like close, but not there yet. And then this year was really the year they, they put it all together. Uh, they were neck and neck with Liberty all year. The way the schedule worked out, they the two teams only played once and it was at Kennesaw State. 
Uh, Liberty blew a big lead late. And uh, so Kennesaw State got to have the number one seed. And then they were able to use that in the A-Sun tournament uh, to win in the championship game. So when you look at this Kennesaw State team, what kind of problems might they pose for Xavier? How does this matchup set up in your eyes? So Kennesaw State, the one really great quality about them, they're a very fun team to watch. They play really good team basketball. Uh, if you look on Kempom, they're 118th in tempo, but I feel like that's deceiving. I feel like they play a lot faster than that. Uh, they, they, they play a fun brand of basketball. Um, their, their point guard would be the most concerning just because that's been uh, uh, Xavier's struggles defensively. Uh, Terrell Burden, a 5'10", 170-pound uh, point guard, uh, really gave Liberty a lot of trouble in that championship game was able to get to the rim, actually made the game-winning play in a tie game with a few seconds left, uh, was able to draw a foul on Liberty's best defender. Uh, so he's definitely a problem, but he doesn't have the size. He's not a, a great three-point shooter, and he doesn't shoot a lot of three-pointers. So I, I would think that, that that Xavier should be able to um, keep him from going off um, just because they can probably sag off him a little bit. Uh, and, and they're not going to have to worry about him just, you know, killing you from three. The other guy to really watch is their most efficient player, uh, who's just a really, really fun player to watch, Chris Youngblood. He just does everything well. Uh, he He's not a guy that, that typically is going to go out and score like 30 or anything like that, but every single night he has a good game, it feels like. 6'4", uh, he's a junior. He's really kind of been their guy. Uh, the last couple of years that really was, if you're looking at one guy that really helped carry their program, it, it's him. But really, almost all of their team has played together for several years. And that's why I think they play just such a good uh, team brand of basketball. Kennesaw State overall is 127th on Ken Palm. They check in at 153 on offense, 116 on defense. But the thing that sticks out to me is that they don't have a ton of size. And you mentioned that just there. Their tallest player, I guess their most effective player, you could say in the post, would be at 6'8". And when you have a guy like Jack Nunji, that is potentially a matchup problem for Kennesaw State. And I think overall, just in general, looking at this game and really looking at the bracket for Xavier, the Musketeers got a very, very favorable road through this region. Yeah, and, and Jerome Hunter as well uh, it will, I think, stand out in this game. Just maybe not necessarily height, but just the physicality that he plays with. Uh, that's where I just have a difficult time seeing Kennesaw State being able to defend. Kennesaw State's not a great defensive team. Uh, and, and with what Xavier can do, you know, with Nunji, with Hunter, uh, I don't know who's going to stop Colby Jones getting to the rim. I don't know who's going to stop Soleil Boom getting to the rim. Uh, the, the only real concern with Kennesaw State is they do shoot threes pretty well, but they don't shoot them at a high volume. They're only 162nd in three-point attempts per game. Um if you look at their games against high major competition, they didn't even shoot a lot of threes. They, they, they're they a good shooting three-point team, but they have a hard time uh, setting up a lot of good looks from beyond the arc. 
Yeah, this is a game that Xavier will likely be favored in by double digits. And it, it just feels to me like it's setting up for a, a really ideal matchup for Xavier. And then if you're looking ahead, I think that the Iowa State matchup is also a good matchup for Xavier. I think if you're playing on Sunday, I mean, you just kind of take it with what it is. You're one yeah. win away from the Sweet 16. Uh, I think for Xavier, with where they're at to get Kennesaw State, you don't want to take them for granted. They've had an awesome season. They've done a lot of really, really good things. But w- one thing I really like to look at is, is shot quality. If you're not familiar with that, it, it measures the quality of the shots that you take and, and what you should have done. Uh, this is where they don't love Kennesaw State as much. So Kennesaw State's actual record this year is 23 and 8. Their shot quality predicted record was 18 and 13. And then in the Atlantic Sun Championship game that they won, they beat Liberty 67-66. Shot quality says Liberty should have won that game 83-68. And Liberty's best player, Darius McGee, who is 10th in the country in Ken Palm's National Player of the Year. So a really, really just insanely talented guard was 0 for 12 from three. So Kennesaw State, they've been living good all year. They've won a lot of close games. They had several wins in overtime. But they're maybe, if there's one team that's on like that 14 line that is due for some serious regression, now granted it's a one-game scenario, anything can happen. But if there was a team due for regression, it is Kennesaw State. All right, Nick, before we wrap up here, because we're already at 14 minutes and I feel like we could go for an hour, but that's just the nature of how this week is going to go. I do want to say that for everybody listening, we are going to have you fully covered throughout the week. I'm going to do my best to line up guests every single day. I know there are not going to be games here until Thursday. We do have Cincinnati playing in the NIT on Wednesday, but there aren't going to be NCAA games till Thursday. So I'm going to do my best to line up as many guests as possible to get all of these expert opinions as we get throughout the week. The one last note I should say on this in the bottom half of the pod here, if you, if you were to say that Xavier could advance to the sweet 16, you have Texas A&M down there, which if Xavier met them would be a rematch of last year's NIT championship game, but also you have Mississippi state in that playing game on the 11 seed during the run back in 2004, when Xavier made the elite eight, they beat Mississippi state in the second round and then Texas in the Sweet 16. Texas is the two seed in this region. Mind you, playing a very good Colgate team as a 15 seed. I do expect Texas to win that. They just won the Big 12 championship in convincing fashion over Kansas on Saturday. Texas is playing very, very well. But just a few things there to keep an eye on. Anything else, Nick, before we wrap up here that catches your eye just around the bracket? I know we spent most of this time talking about Xavier, but anything just from the world of the bracket in general? I think what strikes me is how difficult of a road UConn has. They're playing uh, Rick Patino and Iona in round one. In Albany, they get sent out west. If they are to make the Sweet 16, they'd be playing in Las Vegas. They didn't get done any favors. I think Marquette has a very favorable road. I think Creighton has a pretty favorable road. Um, the one seed, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this already, the one seed in Xavier's region is Houston, um, and, and that is something to look out for down the line in the second weekend. But for now, we're just worried about the first weekend. But anything stick out to you, Nick? Yeah, so I'm a huge Mountain West fan, mainly just because their games are late at night. 
and uh, I have kids, so it, it's the best time for me to get to watch some hoops. But I've always loved the Mountain West. They just have like a fun brand of basketball. Uh, like they're like half mid major, but they're still high high level. I feel like they they really got um treated fairly in this tournament. I feel like a lot of other tournaments they haven't. So I thought that was really cool to see them get four teams in. I know uh, uh, Nevada was kind of the one that was uh, uh, could have gone either way. So good, good for them. A couple of the games that really stand out to me. I love Furman, Virginia. Really excited about that. That's one of the first games on uh, on Thursday. Love College of Charleston and San Diego State. Uh, that's going to be a fun game with uh, uh, Cincinnati Zone. Uh, yes. Head coach. So looking forward to that. And then uh, Oral Roberts, Duke. I tell you what, Duke did not get a lot of favors in this tournament, having that as their first round game. Uh, that is going to be a really, really fun matchup. I uh, uh, Max Abe, Abemus, I always say his name wrong, just an electric player. You want to watch that game, especially if Oral Roberts can kind of hang around for a while. That'll get really interesting. And, and then potentially down the line, you would see uh, Kentucky and Duke. If they were to both make the Sweet 16, that'd be at Madison Square Garden. So tons of intrigue again. Plenty, plenty more to talk about, but we've already gone for 17 minutes and it feels like we've been talking for 30 seconds. So plenty more to talk about as this week goes along. I know I'll have Rick Broering. His Norse are the 16 seed that are playing Houston, as I mentioned earlier. So we have a lot to cover. We'll get to that as the week goes on, but that'll do it for today's Rebound Rundown. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your Monday and I'll talk to you more tomorrow.